Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome to this week's episode of the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, Alberto Cicchini joins me on the podcast, and I couldn't be more excited. If you follow Alberto and some of the wonderful things that he's done for Rotary International and for Polio Plus, you will know that he has some amazing stories to tell about not only having a Polio Plus fundraiser in the Colosseum in Rome, but also having a 98-year-old father who is still a proud Rotarian. So join me, won't you? Alberto Cicchini joins me this week on the podcast. And as always, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am off to Italy this week, and I am so excited. One, because during COVID, this is the closest I'm going to come to Italy. But Alberto Cicchini is with me this week, a brand new friend to me, and but not a not a, a, a brand new friend to Rotary. If you check out his Facebook or any of the other stuff, this is uh, quite an honor for me to have him on the show. And he's quite a well-known guy around the Rotary International world. So Alberto, thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. It's a great pleasure to be with you, and I'm honored to be hosted in your podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I said you are in Italy. Where exactly are you joining me from today? Actually, today I'm in Padua, that is in the northeast of Italy, close to Venice. Oh, lovely. Uh, because I'm from Rome. I'm based in Rome, but I work uh, also in Padua, so I split my time between Rome and Padua. Today I'm in Padua. Such a tough life you lead. I'm so sorry for you. That that's quite a commute to have to go from. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. But that's okay. Well, you're you're struggling through. So we're gonna do our 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 rotary questions, and then you're gonna tell me about some other great events that you've been doing. And uh, let's get started, shall we? Let's do it. Sure. Here we go. So um, the first and basic question that we always ask everybody is what's your earliest recollection with with rotary how did you get how did you get to know the rotary wheel my father is a rotarian okay now he's 98 years old so he doesn't attend more meetings but he introduced me to rotary so uh, me and my siblings started to attend the rotary meetings uh, uh, when we were uh, young and uh, like Christmas parties, uh, that kind of family reunion uh, with Rotary members. So, so dad at 98 is still an active member? I mean, he still is a... No more an active member. It's very, it's, let's say it's active. It's quite <laughs> active, but it's, it doesn't attend regularly meeting at Rotary. But well, he follow my activities and... Uh, yeah, so maybe maybe we could get him on a Zoom Rotary meeting or something for his nine for his 99th birthday. You never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then because it seemed to be in the family, is that while why you joined Rotary? I mean, if you didn't join Rotary, I think you'd be an outcast, right? Uh, a part of course my family uh, let's say connection with the Rotary, but right. after a few years um, 
Rotary Club of my hometown, where my father was one of the charter members and one of the first president, decided to, to create a Rotary Club. So uh, both me, my sister and my brother were a charter member of the local Rotary Club. And wow. so that was the start of my journey in Rotary. So, so I know you're just a young pup, but how old does that make you? How many years have you been in Rotary then? I uh, became Rotary actors in 1988 at 25 years old. And then then I joined Rotary in 1994 when I ended my activities, let's say my journey in Rotary. I was asked to, to join Rotary by my hometown club, Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. And so I became Rotarian at 31. And you're and and, now, yeah. And obviously it's a long time. Wow. So you you were you were an old school Rotarian, I guess. You you exactly. know you knew all the all the different everyone things. can let's say many people consider me a young Rotarian. I'm 58. But okay. I, I'm, I'm not so young Rotarian. I have this. I have the same problem. Yes. Presence in Rotary. I will be. I will be uh, uh, fifty-four this year, and I have the same problem. It's like, you know, you're too. Are you? You're too young in Rotary. And I'm like, well, thank you. That's a lovely thing to say. <laughs> so then you've been around in Rotary. Um, let's talk about some of the many adventures that you've had there. Let's. I, I really would like to start off with some of your most inspirational memories of Rotary. What's in this 20, 30 some odd years, what's been some real highlights of being a Rotarian? Oh, I have many memories. Are there, are there so, cause I already can see your face smiling. Is there a couple yeah. that you think of and you just go, ah, oh, that was. Yeah. Probably one of the, let's say the last one in terms of timing, it's one of the most exciting adventure in Rotary that was the organization of gladiator in concert event inside the Roman Colosseum. Yes. It was a fundraising event for a polio eradication campaign. And it was something that I had in mind for years. At the end, it was possible to, to make this dream real. And we brought this... Uh, uh, amazing event uh, uh, in an iconic venue and uh, uh, the Gladiator in Concert is a format from um, cine concert production that is basically the, the original movie, the original movie Gladiator right? the soundtrack performed completely from the first note to the last live by a symphonic orchestra in perfect synchro with the movie. Wow. And we had the chance to have that night Lisa Gerard, the original singer and author that performed at the Colosseum. And we had uh, Russell Crowe, we had Connie Nielsen, there was a, let's say, a cast reunion that night. And it was really a, let's say, once in a life experience. We had many, uh, let's say, Rotarians and uh, senior leaders, international. Jennifer Jones was with us. 
mm-hmm. and and we have many donors from around the world that contributed to 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 raise funds and uh, Gates Foundation decided to to match two to one the the donation. So at the end, we raised more than five hundred thousand dollars in one night. Wow! So if if everybody is is understanding what what uh, Alberto is is saying, I'll kind of paraphrase real quickly that you basically put on a, a movie night at the Colosseum in Rome. However, it was with a live uh, live symphony orchestra with the uh, with the movie Gladiator. But I can't even believe how much time and energy and work this much must have taken. I guess my first, however, uh, question is how on earth did you, were you allowed to do a concert inside of a Coliseum that has been around since, you know, the beginning of time pretty much, or recorded time, I should say, give or take those Greeks that got into there a little, you know, this is a huge, you know, wonder of the world. How did how did you how did you how were you able to put a symphony orchestra in there and not hurt the Colosseum? I guess is my biggest question. Due to Rotary connection, because I think the power of Rotary is something incredible. And if we ask to the right people, we are able to achieve some, uh, let's say, uh, unique. Goals, unique, unique goals. That's a great way yeah. of putting it. I, it's a once in a lifetime experience, I think is, is probably uh, uh, the right dis- description. I don't, I don't think uh, Italy would be open to doing this or Rome itself would be up to doing too many more concerts inside there, but what, no, what an event. Very few concerts, very few they allowed to. So how many years did it take to put this all together for this one night? Uh, more than one year, almost two. So it, it seems like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that seems very fast. So, well, congratulations. And I do tell my podcasters that Alberto is um, going to shoot some uh, some uh, wonderful pictures my way. So we do have pictures to tell you about of that night. But is there is there an inspirational a remembrance on a, on a little bit smaller scale that you can remember that still makes you smile? Sure. Uh, probably uh, some of most touching experience with Rotary was when I went to India for poly vaccination. Mm. I was in Delhi and we went to deliver vaccine to children uh, in the very poor area of the city in the slums and it was something very touchful and I decided to go because at that time I was uh, responsible for the poly fundraising at regional level mm-hmm. and so I, I wanted to to see with my eyes what does it mean to to vaccinate children. Uh, and I'm uh, from that experience, I learned that if we want to inspire other people and to motivate other people, we need to tell our stories. And so it's much easier for me to, to, 
to invite people to donate for polio eradication because I can tell my story when I was in India and I have in mind the, the let's say, the eyes of the children that were vaccinated and how uh, the joy that they had when they gathered around our uh, uh, booth to, to get the vaccine and uh, to receive, uh, let's say, small uh, candies or uh, small uh, uh, toys. Uh, and, and that is the part that it's really important when you want to, uh, to involve other people, uh, not only Rotarians, uh, in, your, uh, in your project, in your mm-hmm. campaign. And it was the same a few years later. I went to Guinea-Bissau to deliver mosquito bed nets. Oh, wow. Um, and it was still more incredible because I experienced situation that I couldn't imagine possible. Because in India you have, okay, you have poverty, right? Uh, but you have also the, the technologies, you have... Uh, uh, so there's a real there's a real divide yeah, in rich exactly. and poor, up down. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You have this contrast, but at the end of the day, you go back to your five star hotel. You can have your, uh, let's say, shower, take a relief, and uh, eat a pizza or eat a local food or whatever. Right. Go in, sit in, in the, the sauna. South, go to yeah. Right. It, it's absolutely different. I experienced something that I couldn't imagine that people could live in that way because they have nothing, nothing to eat, nothing where live. And, 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 and you are not able to go back to your hotel because the best accommodation is something that it's, okay, uh, it's comfortable, but right. without uh, <laughs> warm it's not water. Nearly, it's or, not nearly uh, as five star as you make, right. Yeah, but so, does it does that make you... Now, whenever, I mean, I have not had the opportunity, I say yet to go um, on one of these polio vaccinations. It is a, it is a, a, a checklist of mine that I definitely want to do, but from the few people that I've talked to that have done these, they seem to come back home and there's just a different energy when they come back home that all of a sudden right. the simplest thing, be it the flowers seem a little bit brighter or the coffee seems to taste just a little bit better, or you know, people's smiles seem to be just a little bit brighter. Is that is that something you you found as well when you came back from this that it just kind of made yeah. everything a little clear? I think it's something that give you, uh, let's say, a sort of uh, stronger connection with reality because sometimes uh, we become excited at the idea of doing something for the others. Uh, but in some way, it's something that maybe we do also for ourselves to, to sure. receive, uh, I mean, to feel, uh, to feel better because we do something for the others. But actually, we are more concentrated on ourselves than really on the, on the others, on the beneficiary. So when you are on site, you have the possibility to experience in a strong, you have this strong impact. So it kind of kind of takes you kind of takes you out of it because you have a yeah I mean there's there's it it has to be a unique feeling because you have these people's lives in their hands in some in in your hands in some cases so it's yeah oh so 
Talk about two inspirational parts. I have to say, you go from the Coliseum and, you know, a a night of, you know, fair to say glitz and glamour and Gates Foundation and Russell Crowe. And yet your other one is uh, changing people's lives. So bravo, bravo. So, um, So then it always leads us to a question that I really love. And that's one of um, the four-way test. And that is a basic fundamental thing in, in Rotary. What does the four-way test mean to you? And how do you, how do you bring it into your life outside of Rotary? I think the four-way test is a sort of, should be a sort of guideline for each Rotarian. It's something that should help during your personal and professional life to do the right question when you maybe need to take a decision, not only Rotary, but also in your, especially your professional life. So I think in Italy is not, I mean, we use, uh, but uh, when I had the chance to to be to attend some rosary meeting in USA, for instance, many clubs used to uh, recite to tell, it, say it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No? regularly at the meeting uh, they uh, uh, they say that the four white test. We don't do that, but we of course we know and we use. But I think it's something that it's important to use at personal level more than club level. Do you think the four-way test still has a, a home in Rotary? Does it, do we still need it or do we? Sure. Sure. Cause I, I know you, you use the word should, um, it should be something that we take yeah. into consideration, but you know, I, I, I've been known as a Rotary police officer more than once saying, is that the four-way test? Is your behavior the four-way test? So is it turning archaic, maybe? Is it? I mean, uh, I think that uh, almost 10 years ago, when the Rotary started the process to reconsider its position uh, in the community and to... Uh, reinforce and renovate their public image. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, I was uh, regional public image coordinator, so I had the chance to follow that process. And one of the strengths that the surveys highlighted is that our core values are still uh, contemporary. I mean, uh, right. we... Uh, we need to change the language, probably. We need to change the way we we tell our stories. But the core values are always the same. And especially the fact that we are, as they say, category of one, we are a, a leadership association. Right. And we must uh, reinforce the idea that we are a leadership organization and not just a humanitarian organization. We do uh, humanitarian, we make projects, we uh, have a focus on our activities that is, of course, a focus 
Western humanitarian organization. But our inner value is based on leadership. And so I think that is our characteristic. We must um, strengthen that. that kind part. Of so I think, so I think what you're, if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, is that the four-way test is, is something that we should um, just know and not necessarily have to be reminded of. Is that kind of what I'm hearing that we as, we as leaders should live in a four-way test kind of life. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Should be something that we, it's part of us. I mean, yeah. should so, be part of us. So I guess, I guess the, the constant saying it every week, or in some, some cases they in here in America, they say the pledge of allegiance and they say the four-way test. Yeah. And I, I have to admit that there is more than once that I've said the, the four-way test out of my mouth, but my brain has been working on, you know, what, what's that meeting is about and, you know, do I have time to run to the grocery store after this meeting before <laughs> I have to go home? Because it's something that we've said. And so in other words, the, the pledge of allegiance, that, that pledging, that allegiance has kind of drifted away and it's just kind of turned into something I say, maybe I need to make a note of that, but I'm wondering if the four-way test is going to be turning that way soon. And this isn't necessarily a question, but more of a, of a commentary that is like, you know, I wonder if the four-way test is drifting that way too, since we don't necessarily need to be reminded, we, we show that we work the four-way test as opposed to saying the four-way test. Our actions. Our should. actions. Yeah. So then what is, what do you think that how Rotarians are seen by others, especially around the world? So I know you've, you've been traveling around the world. So when somebody sees that you have a rotary hat on or you have an end polio now hat on, what, what do you think that they see when they see a Rotarian? What is, what do you think our impression is? Good questions. I think there are different approach according to different targets, different okay. audience. What I found that generally when you have a, an audience made by, let's say, professional people that uh, as a, a quite, let's say, people that we can consider our stakeholders right. in terms of, they generally know Rotary. Mm -hmm. Not always they are fully aware of what Rotary do, but generally there is a, a good knowledge of, of Rotary. I mean, uh, it's different with the general public because not always people recognize what Rotary logo, what Rotary will is. Mm -hmm. We often use the uh, the example of if you see Nike uh, logo or a BMW, right. Apple, M yeah, Pepsi, Apple, right. like you <laughs> yeah. immediately not only recognize the logo, but you recognize the brand in the sense that you are able to connect that image with mm -hmm. some values. The goal is to have the same the same thing with rotary wheel right 
Of course, uh, I think that uh, we are still in the process of working on our public image. Mm -hmm. We are not a mature situation because we started to, to work on public image quite recently compared to other international, uh, let's say, brands. Absolutely, yeah. Because in the past, often we probably we didn't look for public uh, interest. It was something more related to our networks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think my personal opinion is that the what changed, uh, a, a, let's say, a changing point was the success of polio eradication campaign because it was when Rotary uh, realized that to be successful, it needed the support of other people, not just Rotarian. It, right. was, it wasn't enough to collect money during the Christmas party for a small project. We, <laughs> want to do some, we wanted to do something bigger, something that was, uh, let's say, uh, unbelievable, no? Eradicate, mm -hmm. seize. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that needed the support of other organizations, but also of general public that maybe could donate uh, one euros, two euros or whatever right. to support your campaign. At that point, it's important that you are recognized and not only that you are recognized, but you are recognized as um, you have a reputation. I mean, people need to trust you need that if you give you money they are in the right hands right so do you think that the the rotary foundation and the and the polio fund is in some ways maybe blanketing or overshadowing rotary itself uh, because it is not, so recognizable not overshadowing but i think that at a certain point um shift in some way the attention more on the humanitarian uh, aspect than the general leadership value of Rotary. Mm -hmm. So what we need is to to balance. The yeah. yeah, and I and I think that's very interesting. I, when I had the conversation with Jennifer Jones a couple of weeks ago, um, the one thing that she said is that she was one of those people, I guess, along with you, that put together this whole new branding aspect for rotary clubs and somehow from ri where it looks so beautiful and so diverse and so modern somehow it trickles down here and i'll just speak for america and the reputation here is just some old check writing white guys white men that just write checks and do stuff yet polio and the polio foundation part of things has been up in RI. And by the time it trickles down to clubs, it still looks the same. It's still that bright red hat that says end polio now. It's still the Gates Foundation matching every dollar. It's beautiful events. It's small, local, intimate events. What happened? How come Rotary Clubs can change so much in that? almost disinformation from the branding, yet, yet the polio plus doesn't water down. Is it because the foundation has it? Because RI is controlling it from top to bottom, you think? Uh, I don't think that is 
the problem is the, the control from top to bottom. I think that it's important to the Rotary Club at the local level uh, uh, learn how to tell our stories. And there are many amazing projects the Rotary Club do at local level. And we need to, to use all the channels, all the uh, vehicles to, to promote what we do and to give a full uh, image, a full picture of the amazing work that Rotarians do. Not only with polio, with young people uh, as a mentor, so with uh, um, what in the areas of focus. Now we have a new areas of focus that is environmental, right. no? And there are already many amazing projects. And so I think we need to, to diversify our communication, but also, let's say, in some way to be more pop, mm -hmm. use more a pop culture. Right. We want to reach a, a wider audience. We need to use the proper language. We cannot imagine to think, we cannot imagine to speak in an audience like a, a Rotary meeting. We need to use a different approach. Sometimes we use the same language for different targets and it right. doesn't work. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I I do think that, uh, I, I do find it funny if you if you look at our Rotary history when your dad was in, when was he was still an active member, um, for some reason at almost 100 years old, he doesn't want to go to every single meeting. Oh, well, whatever. Um, but there were fines. I'm sure at your father's club, I know a lot of American clubs that if you bragged about your business or if you bragged about, and not even bragging, just, hey, everybody, I want to tell you about this great thing. You had to pay dues. You had to pay fines for such things. And so I wonder if we're creatures of our own bad practices. I will use the, the word bad practices that we just don't talk about ourselves. In the olden days, we were fined for it. And now that a lot of these fines are no longer in use, we still don't like to talk about ourselves. So we've stuck, to, we've, we've lost ourselves in our own traditions. <laughs> <laughs> so then how, how has Rotary changed since you first started? And I don't, I, I guess I can go all the way back into Rotaract, but let's just talk your, your Rotary, Rotary time. How different is Rotary now from when, then when you started? It's, mm, it changed in uh, almost 30 years. There were many changes. Mm -hmm. um, it's more open. Uh, in some areas, probably uh, more diverse in terms of uh, membership. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's more focus on uh, action, and that is positive for me. Mm -hmm. uh, probably in the past, uh, there was more knowledge about the, let's say, the system, the, uh, the organization. Right. Uh, now many people uh, uh, know what 
what they do, maybe you know, the project of their club, but they are not fully aware of the, the complexity of the organization. And I think that to, uh, to completely enjoy the importance and to be part of the network, you need to know what are the potential of the organization. I discover attending Rotary International Convention, the amazing word of Rotary, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, you have, it's like, like if you open a window on an international uh, uh, scenario, no? Because mm-hmm. uh, when you work in your local club, uh, you have just, you know, that is Rotary International, but right. actually, you know, mm-hmm. that just your small, uh, your small little area. Yeah. And it, and I think I, I will have to admit that since I started the podcast, I mean, one of the, one of the things I enjoy so much about the podcast is that I get to see the world effect of this organization, you know? And I, I think we forget it's, we, I think we call it rotary and we forget the international part quite a lot. Um, well, and especially with our connection with the UN, I think a lot of people forget that we actually, that there is a Rotary UN Day, which got canceled this year, but I'd really love to go. Um, so then where do you think Rotary is going to head in the future? I mean, where where do you think, where do you think we're going? Does it look positive? I'm positive because... Uh... I think the strength that Rotary has is the fact that being international, there could be some areas that have a slower process to, to accept changes. But at mm-hmm. the end, the organization has a will, have the ability to, to change and to adapt to the, to the new uh, to new time new. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably we need to speed the the pass because sometimes we are a little bit slow in accepting changes yeah and we we should to to push more i mean while we become familiar using Facebook, people move to Clubhouse. And how many Rotarians are in Clubhouse? I mean, I was know? just informed of Clubhouse the other day. I feel, I you know, I feel a little bit out of the loop. I got it. I got to step up with that. Yeah. Okay. So, and you know, we have had, I have had some public image uh, people here on the podcast, and as much as they want to put their themselves out there literally in three-piece rotary suits or on different Facebook pages and doing all this kind of crazy stuff, they have been shut down by the air elders and basically said, you know, shh, don't be that, don't be that way. It is that it is is that something we need to stop? We need we need to allow these younger people to go out there and have their fun and be the rotary crazy people that they are. I think we let people to be themselves in rotary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is room for everyone. Yeah, me too. If someone doesn't feel comfortable with a new approach of a rotary club, it's okay. 
you don't mm-hmm. need to change necessarily your way to 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 of your the style of your meeting uh, the liturgy of your meetings and it's fine if your group is fine maybe in, is is not able to 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 be at the same uh, let's say uh, to have the same velocity the same speed of the of right. new clubs mm-hmm. but i think they they can exist i mean they they co- they can coexist different type of clubs well i guess if we say if we're all inclusive that that means we need to include some of these older more traditional clubs and yeah. let them be their traditional club and exactly. then we also need to allow crazy fabulous rota- rotarians exactly. out there just showing i, I don't think program. that works when you force someone to do something that is not in his uh, not in their his, dna yeah exactly okay. and 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 what i think that if you really believe that something works and right. you want to do with the respect of the other of course without uh, uh, forcing anyone to do something different, but you have, you need to have the courage to do it. Nice. That's I kinda, was. Please. I can tell my story. Please. I, I yes. But I was district governor more than ten years ago, so I was forty-five when I was elected district governor, and it was something really, let's say, strange for Italy, because I was the youngest district governor of my district, one of the youngest district governor in the history of Rotary Italia. And so people, some people probably were scared about the, this young district governor. What's this kid gonna do? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> At the end, uh, what I tried to, to do was just to change the language, to change the approach and to tell the story in a different way. Because at the beginning was something that created a sort of, let's say, uh, I, I don't know how I could say, but I mean, uh, just to make an example, uh, at the district assembly, when the district governor presents his uh, program uh, and uh, introduce all the, the, the beautiful things they want to do. Generally, right. we have a district governor that uh, seated at the podium, uh, in front of the podium, uh, with his 40-page uh, right. speech, and he started to read <laughs> all the speeches uh, until the end. Very right. interesting, but very boring. I was going to say very long, yes. <laughs> exactly. When I attended the, uh, the, the Rotary Convention, especially the Rotary Convention, the Centennial Rotary Convention in Chicago, mm-hmm. It was joyful. It was, I mean, celebration was was a, a real celebration. People had fun. There was music. There was, and I say, why we had to to do things in that boring thing? Right. We could tell the same things, but in a more fun, in a funnest way. Yeah. Make so a more I, joyful noise. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And so yeah. when I was district governor elect and I had to, uh, and I organized my district assembly. I made my speech using uh, pieces of movies, uh, music, and lights, and uh, sing and songs, and whatever. At the beginning, people were, wow, what is happening? Right. 
people of my generation, was the first time that it's okay. We recognize the leadership because it's closer to us. Mm -hmm. The older people, after the, uh, let's say, the shock of the the first moment, at the end, (laughs) they enjoyed because, Mm -hmm. of course, they enjoyed because uh, it was just a a different way to to tell the story. And and, and now it's normal that at the district conference, you have... uh, uh, you have videos, you have music, uh, you have right. entertainment, and so I think I think you know a I, little bit courageous. Yeah, I mean, I keep trying to. I you know, it wasn't all that long ago that women were not in Rotary, so you know, and we seem to survive that one pretty well. So <laughs> I think exactly. we can. I think we can. Uh, uh, you know, maybe have a little bit more social media fun or movies, and people won't. I don't think people, I, I think people get the hang of it. So I won't keep you much longer because I know it's a little bit different time zone, obviously. But one of my favorite questions that I ask people is the elevator pitch question, which here in, in America, as you well know, around the world means that if somebody notices your rotary pin or something, you know, or they went to this amazing event at the Coliseum and they said, well, well why would I want to be in rotary? What do you say to them? Why do, why do you say what do you say to somebody who's interested in rotary? What I love is the let's say what we called at the Rotary International Assembly the rotary moment, you know, to tell your personal story. So not right. just to uh, to be able to tell in few words what rotary is. Mm-hmm. Because we can say, okay, Rotary is a worldwide organization, it's an international network of professional, and we have many different, uh, let's say, elevator speech when right. we can say what Rotary is. But I prefer just to tell what Rotary is for me. Mm-hmm. Rotary gave me the opportunities to um, participate to a polio vaccination in India, or Rotary uh, is the organization that uh, gave me the opportunity to improve my skills uh, due to the mentors I met uh, uh, when I was with Rotary. Or Rotary is the organization that gave me the possibility to organize uh, some amazing event uh, to raise funds for a humanitarian uh, uh, cause. So I think that if we tell people something that is referred to us directly, mm-hmm it's much more impactful than just say Rotary is. Yeah. So Rotary is a civics organization or Rotary is a, but this is what I did in Rotary. Alberto, what a wonderful, wonderful joy to meet you. And thank you for, uh, for taking a a few moments with me way over there in, in Italy. And, uh, and I, I would be amiss if, if I didn't ask, is everybody healthy there for you? Is the, is COVID left your area? I mean, uh, everything it's, uh, let's say under control, even though, the very recent uh, news are that we have some new version of the new, new variants of, of the COVID and that probably could mean that we need to start again some restrictions. Yeah. So I know but, Italy was yeah. the was the world's hot spot there for a very, very long time. So I'm stay safe, please. And uh, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been an it absolute a great, honor great to pleasure. meet you. 
Thank you so much. Bye, Gwen. Bye. Alberto, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was truly a pleasure to get to know you and all about you and all the wonderful things that you do. And to all my listeners out there, Alberto did promise that he was going to send me some photos and I'll happily share them of the amazing night at the Coliseum with a full orchestra, the Gladiator movie, Russell Crowe, Jennifer Jones. Ugh, I tell you, what a night. Wish I could have been there. Just like that, we've come to the end of our podcast. Please tell a friend about the podcast, won't you? download it and subscribe so others can find it and if you 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 have a rotarian that i should know about please let me know super easy to get a hold of me rotarianpod at gmail.com well then until next week wear a mask stay socially distanced please be safe out there everybody and we'll hear you next week on the i'm a rotarian podcast have a wonderful week everybody